Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. You and me, we come from different worlds. You used to laugh at me when I look at other girls. Sometimes I'm crazy. That is Bob and my uh, it's our, our, theme, it's our, our theme song. It, yeah, it is. Because really. we come from different worlds. Yeah, you laugh at me when I look at other girls. Yep. Well, I'm not sure. Dolphins make you cry? Oh, dolphins make me hungry. Do you know what that's about, though? That's about the Miami Dolphins. Is that really? Yeah, he's a huge fan. Well, yeah. that's a great segue because everything's oh, happening geez. in Miami. And how they're doing. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. goodness. Well, how, here's how the thing. How is Miami doing? Right now, how Miami. Doing in hockey? Right now, Miami doing is doing great. Miami's, what are you talking about? You know why they're doing great? Because soccer. No, 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 no. Oh. Okay. They currently have two teams in their respective finals. and Both of which are going to lose. And the world's greatest soccer player heading their way. First place losers. Now, by the time... We you get to next to week's podcast. Yeah, that might not be the case. But Miami. at least right now, it's great. So in the NBA, uh, the Miami Heat are down 3-1. to one. And they're going to lose tonight. So by the time you listen to this, actually, I think they will. I, I predict a 3-1, but they might win tonight. You mean you, you predicted a 4-1, uh, yeah, five, a five-game series? I think yeah. there's a... Nobody plays better with their backs against the wall. They, I'll tell you, this is the one thing. I, I think... Objectively, the Nuggets are the better team. Yeah, but yeah, Miami down. is scrappy. They yeah, really are. Yeah, they're they're absolutely incredible. So, um, for the losing team. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights are up on the Florida Panthers. By the way, the Florida Panthers are in South Florida, the Miami area. I don't know why they don't call themselves the Miami Panthers. I think it's a little arrogant, to be honest. Yeah. Because you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yep. Don't don't name your team after a state when you've got other teams in the state. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's my that's attitude. So, well, I remember Arizona went with that. It used to be the Phoenix Cardinals, and then I think it's now the Arizona Cardinals because yeah, they don't want Tucson. It's all about Tucson. But there's nothing. But there's no other football team in Arizona, so that's fine. That's true. I'm just saying, like here, it's like a weird. It's just weird. Okay. So anyway, um, the. Uh, the the game three it'd be like the Ohio Browns yeah that's exactly yeah, it thank yeah, you yeah yeah, 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 yeah you see right. that and then people in Cincinnati would be like what yeah who dat who dat so in uh, hockey I think it's going to be a little bit tighter so you have the Vegas Golden Knights which again another funny parallel in that both of these series the Miami teams were eight yeah eight oh, okay. seeds oh, I didn't realize that and now they're playing and they're both going to get killed they're, in the they're playing the top thing well again I think the Florida Panthers have a better chance Matthew Kachuk, I think I finally said his name there right. You, go. you get the first uh, name Captain right. of the yeah, yeah, Captain of the Panthers. It's gonna be a household name. So except in, I don't know it. <laughs> I know, right? In game three, uh, they were about to lose. They pulled the goalie. Matthew Kachuk scores the tying thing. It goes into overtime, and who wins in overtime games? The Florida, the Panthers. Florida Panthers. I believe they've actually won eleven straight overtime games. In the finals. It's Amazing. absolutely nuts. That is unbelievable. So last game, last night, again, it was 2-1. They pulled the goalie. Mm -hmm. And what happened? They didn't win. They didn't win. It was very exciting. And the second the whistle night, blows. Was that the night before? That was last night. I guess it was the night before, Saturday. And <laughs> the second the whistle blows, just fight a fight erupts on the ice. You know, with um, with playoff and finals hockey, because yeah. everyone's so sensitive to not get penalized to hurt their team. 
once the whistle blows, once it's over, it, it just the fight breaks out. That's it's funny. absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. So, um, so however, the, it, so it's very likely that both teams will lose. I think of the two teams, the Panthers have the better shot at winning than the Heat do. Fair in their respective series. Fair. Though I but, think at the Vegas end of the day, really good. at the end of the day, I think Vegas is going to take the Stanley Cup and the Nuggets are going to win the NBA Finals. But the consolation prize, and this is hardly a consolation prize. Right. Is that Miami is getting the one of the greatest soccer players Ronaldo's going who's to Miami? ever played the game. Pelé? Uh, well, you know what? It's an interesting parallel. So back in the day in the 70s, you would argue between Pelé and Maradona. Okay. If you were Brazilian, of course, you were all in the Pelé camp. If you were Argentinian, the Maradona. And then the past few years, the past decade has really been the question of is it Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo from Portugal, Messi from Argentina. Now, in terms of the Balloon d'Or, which is the international award for best soccer player on the planet, Messi has won far more Balloon d'Ors yeah, than yeah. Uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo recently took the Saudi money. He's going to a really lame soccer league in Saudi Arabia, as is Benzema, who won last year's Balloon d'Or. Yeah. And there was a feeling in the air that now that Messi's contract was up with Paris Saint-Germain, he is probably going to go the way of the Saudis. But he's coming to America. Because coming actually, America. one of Messi's jobs is he's like a spokesperson for tourism for Saudi Arabia. Oh, there you go. So it seemed obvious. Messi's going to Saudi Arabia. Nope. And then last week... Coming to America. Yeah, he's going to make a bunch of money, and that's interesting. It goes to the whole issue, though, about the Saudis in trying to buy, basically buy sports. Yeah. You know, they've got their own, they're throwing, I, I heard somewhere like they've got $500 billion yes. that they want to use in sports, and they're doing it with soccer. Uh, they're doing it with golf, with the whole live golf. Oh, they my gosh. That whole "Quote unquote merger," which right? So is here's more the like other. Here's buyout. the. We've talked about this earlier in the podcast. Uh, last year was it, or maybe it was two years ago? Uh, the yeah. Saudis announced a new golf tour called Live L I V Golf, and um, uh, was it Phil Mickelson yep. who? There was a few people that went to Saudi. The PGA Tour said, "Well, if you go with them, you can't play with us." Huge battle lines drawn. A lot of the PGA guys. Uh, was it Rory Mickle McIlroy? Yeah, Rory McIlroy. McIlroy, you know, um, was a big spokesperson for PGA. Uh, the PGA was making arguments that Saudis are just sports washing. You know, this is a new phrase, which is to say, don't pay any attention to our human rights stuff. We play sports. And that was also right. part of the World Cup last year about Qatar, the, the who we found out bribed their way into hosting the World Cup. Don't pay any attention to how many people died building our stadiums for this event. We have sports. And, and that unites us, and it's a good thing. It's neutral, and it's non-political, and all these kinds of things. Yeah. Right, so right, major, right. Major so issues. huge news is that they merged, or what sort happened? Of, PGA and Live are of, now... Basically, it sounds like the Live Golf, the Saudis are going to invest in the PGA and kind of a merger type thing. Right. People are complaining, comparing it to the ABA, when the NBA, the merger there. But it's, I mean, there are individuals who are saying that they're not going to play. There are companies that say they're going to pull their sponsorship money. So right. it, it's a long way. There's actually a question about whether or not the Justice Department's going to allow it to happen. Yeah. So there's all kinds of questions that are still going to happen with this. It was a huge about face for the guy that was the main arguer of the PGA yeah. movement. In Mc, fact, I mean, McMahon. at one point he... In, 
he accused Saudi of sports washing. Yeah, of, he said, don't forget, these are the people behind 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. but apparently money can solve a lot I of mean, things. I mean, it does seem to be that way. So, no. But the other thing about this, and I know this, we're deep in the woods, and there's a lot of people right now that are saying, wow, you guys talk about sports, but you've got off on this one. But Phil Mickelson, some of the complaints that he's made against the PGA were absolutely right, you know, because there was regulations about how often they pay, what kind of money they would get paid, um, get paid even though they may not make the cut, all these kinds of things. And in the PGA, that's not how they did things, but it is how they do things now because of this. Right. So P Phil Mickelson, uh, some people hate Phil Mickelson. I actually kind of like him. I kind of like him. He, he comes out looking out pretty well. We also missed a couple of things. The French Open, uh, Djokovic won the French Open. Right, not to be confused with the Joker in the Nuggets. Right. And, but he's also known as the Joker. And I believe he... I think he broke the record. So I think now Djokovic... So wait, Djokovic won, actually. Yeah, who was yeah. the guy he was playing against? There's another guy. Who was the other main name? But he didn't play. Uh, Rafael? No, 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 oh, not Nadal. Because oh. uh, I know he's the injured. young guy. Yes. Yeah, I forget what his name is. But he lost in the quarters. He didn't make it to the finals. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. Um, so Djokovic won the Australian Open. So he's won two out of the four of the Grand Slam. And I think he broke the record. He now holds the, most, the record for the most Grand Slams. Some people don't like him at all, either. Honestly, was he the one that was uh, wouldn't get vaccinated yes. and Australia yeah. tried to like quarantine him and then yeah. he won the yeah. uh, Australian yeah. Open? Yeah. Some people don't like him. I mean, honestly, I think they don't like him just because he's not Federer or Nadal. Yeah. And I love. I, I think Federer and Nadal are phenomenal, but this guy's an amazing, amazing tennis player. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. But the big news that we probably buried the lead. Uh, Andrew was, McCutcheon? No, I was in a conference last week in Florida and they had this special dinner that I skipped and went to a baseball game. Nice. To Which the race, you, to the Tampa Race. Nice. How'd yeah, we yeah. do? Did you go uh, to the ugliest stadium, uh, ugliest baseball yeah, stadium in America? I, it is one of the ugliest. Yeah. It is. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the Rays are really good. Yeah. The Rays beat the Twins and the Twins were leading their division, but the Rays beat them 7 0. But game, two hours and nine minutes. Ah. Uh. That it's sounds really, glorious. The rule, the, honestly, the new rules are really That really sounds great. glorious. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's shorter than a Marvel movie. There you go. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, in Pirates, Pirates are doing better. I like your Pirate shirt. I got a Pirate shirt. This was a gift, and uh, it's like a Hawaiian shirt. It's like stretchy. I like stretchy. it. And um, I guess Andrew McCutcheon just hit his 2,000th hit? hit. Oh, that's great. Which is a big deal. Only 291 baseball players have done such a thing. Yeah. I'm wondering... I'm. Is Andrew Andrew will get some votes for the Hall of Fame? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, he it'll be interesting. The vibe, at least the Pittsburgh vibe, is he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, but yeah. who knows? Well, I mean, three thousand is a guarantee. Yeah, he's a long ways from that. But two, but two thousand, uh, the fact that there's less than three hundred players in the history of the game. Yeah, but it's the Hall of that? Fame, the greatest players, not really good players, the greatest. Top three hundred. Whatever. Gosh, baseball's tough. Yes, it is. Mm. No, 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 no. Stop that. Stop that. That is not cool. We are doing a show. <laughs> so, folks, I gave blood this morning. Oh and uh, uh, so I said, Pop, do you want me to send you pictures? I need to breathe and just turn away from you for a moment. So I took pictures of them putting the needle in my Stop arm. Stop it. And <laughs> Not listening. My headphones are off. All right, I can I'm still done. hear you, though, because we're in a room together. Okay, I guess that doesn't make a difference. I'm done. I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> then you can say that you had a student do it. Yeah, so, yeah. So a student, <laughs> I would never do this. So I'm, I'm giving never. blood. And uh, the, the, 
gal, she says, okay, I'm a student. Is it okay if I take your blood? I said, sure, that's fine. And I told Bob that, that and he goes, he goes, I want the surgeon yeah. himself. <laughs> I want the head. I want the blood. chief of that's staff right. at the hospital. So one time I did have somebody who was taking my blood and um, th- I think they were new. They, it was just a nightmare. They couldn't find the vein. I, so like ever just since don't then, talk about this. You're gonna. Freak I know, yourself I know, out I know. But here's, here's like what I do. It. Like, so she says something about well, like you just didn't drink enough water. So now the few times I have to like four and a half do, gallons. <laughs> I, I, I buy a gallon of water. I'm just chugging it on the way so to the hospital. You're going to the bathroom for a week. It doesn't that. matter. Oh my no. gosh! All right. Back to uh, Franciscan University promo. Well, many of you might be in summer mode right now, but here at Franciscan University, we're excited for the fall. This past week, we welcomed incoming students to campus for our first Barron Day. Barron Day is a time for new students to check out their class schedules and housing assignments. They also get to see what life on campus is like, stay overnight in the residence halls, and meet their classmates. Our next Barron Day is June 22nd and 23rd, so if you're coming to Franciscan as a new student this fall, be sure to make your deposit and RSVP now. You can sign up for Barron Day and see the event schedule at franciscan.edu slash Barron Day. That's franciscan.edu slash Barron Day. And we're excited for all of you new students who will be joining us in the fall. Our largest class ever. Yep. We had actually, we had our Baron Day um, last week, maybe Thursday. Yeah. But it was just, honestly, it was just it's cool. So I think fun. we had 200 students on campus. And again, it's just. And their families. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's walking around campus and they've all got their university swag on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's really, it really is, fun. fun. And they're so, so excited so to be here. And it's always interesting, though, because uh, you've got you've got the, the group where mom and dad are so much more you know, stoked <laughs> than the kids are. And then they're just kind of, and then it's funny because sometimes the parents are really excited, you know, to meet you or us or that whatever. And the kids are just kind of like, um, you're embarrassing me. Yeah. Mom. Right. So, yeah. Please, please so, go yeah, away. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. You're going to do the other promotion before the third section, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, right. Cool, right. No. Cool. So we're, we'll, we'll continue to talk a little bit about sports and segue from there because we mentioned this last week that the um, Los Angeles Dodgers, are bringing the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Boo. And apparently it's happening on yeah, the uh, Feast of Our Sacred Heart. Yeah, uh, this on, will be on, on, June, on June 16th. You know, I... Um, it was just real cool. Uh, yesterday was obviously the Feast of Corpus Christi. Yeah. And they did, uh, the Dicey's did a Eucharistic procession at Dodger Stadium. Oh, did which, they yeah, really? I thought was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, just praying. They said, you know, that's all we're, that's all we're about. We're just about praying. We're not... Yeah. We, we don't want to fight. We don't want to argument or anything like that now some people would say that that in itself is a fight picking a fight but i don't agree with that no well i just think it shows the bad lines are drawn you know uh father dave you said something uh last week about being in a post-christian culture and i would say in in some ways we are but i would also say just by the fact that there's still a fight going on in some ways there's you know it's not as bad as europe for example um, and we've certainly lost a lot of our Christianity um, in terms of our country. But then you look at there's positives like, I mean, overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's I would just say there's still a fight to be had and it's worth fighting. Sure. And, you know, I'd say the weapons that we fight with are prayer, um, our charity. Mm-hmm. I was uh, reading a little deeper into the whole crazy target stuff that was going on. And if you don't know, they... 
at, at first they came out strong and then the Budweiser thing happened and then they started to really backtrack. But they hired a designer for women's bathing suits for biological males and the designer was a proclaimed uh, Satanist. It's like, oh, that's nice. Interesting. So, well, but I read in because I like finding out about things. So I thought, okay, tell me more about this Satanist. And the Satanist doesn't believe that Satan exists. Uh, the Satanist believes that it's just an interesting perspective, and I think it somewhat reflects the other the other side of things. That she sadly sees Christ and Christianity as the evil in the world. Right. So, because like we would say, we would say pro life. They would say anti-women's rights. Right, right, right. We would say traditional marriage. They would say, you're trying to tell us what to do with right, our body. Right, 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 right. And so, therefore, if the opposite of Christ is the devil, I'm going to be a Satanist because I want to stand for the opposite of what those people stand for, sure, sure. Which, is a, which is messed up, but it kind of shows like a... This is this is the world, quote-unquote. Like, in many ways, this is what they see us. I remember... I don't remember who said it, but... Uh, somebody mentioned that uh, one of the difficulties in our society is that more people know what the church is against than what the church is for yeah, yeah, that's true. In, in our culture. And this was a great example of somebody who clearly didn't know what the church was for. Well, I think of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, right? That negative stereotype. Now, if you know sisters, and many of us in Catholic circles know sisters, they're beautiful women of God, sacrificing their life, serving others. Like, if you actually know a sister... You wouldn't do something like that. But if you just look at the TV stereotype, ruler sure, slapping, sure. angry kind of nonsense. And so um, I really do think it, it's it's part of the tension of our culture. I uh, There was a quote today from St. Ignatius of Antioch from his letter to the Romans. And if you don't know the story of St. Ignatius of Antioch, about 100 AD, mm-hmm. uh, he was condemned to death and... They moved him from Antioch to Rome, and on his way to Rome, he wrote seven different letters. It was almost this crazy, like, procession, mm-hmm. you know, that people were coming to, to, to gather. And in his final letter, he said, our task is not one of producing persuasive propaganda. Christianity shows its greatness when it is hated by the world. And, of course, the world at that time was Rome, which was really, um, you know, persecuting yeah, it's, you know, Christians quite vehemently. And it's really interesting just how... Um, again, for to use the word the world, people mm-hmm. against they'll take these religious things that that we hold dear and manipulate them and use them for their purposes. So the right. sisters. So I was up in in Toronto recently, and it was just crazy. First off, I, when I was driving to give blood, did I mention I gave blood this morning? To give blood so this morning, um, you, there's just not in Stoneville. It's June, but you don't you just don't see anything, right? Toronto, everything was. Gay pride and yeah. and it was just unbelievable, but I noticed a couple of things how they take or the world takes religious symbols. So there was a burger chain kind of in Toronto. Okay, it's called the Priest's Burger, hmm. and it says redeeming one burger at a time. And I was just think how ridiculous that is, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? This 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 it's a hamburger. The redemption priest. I mean, it's just crazy. And then right. the other was a cannabis shop that said um, soul. <laughs> And it had like a heavenly soul. Yeah. Cannabis. There's a comedian on, uh, his name is John Christ. He's a Christian comedian. And he does a thing when he travels to cities and he says, 
okay, tell me if this is the name of a church or a cannabis shop. <laughs> yeah, true life. <laughs> right, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, like all That's these funny. holy smokes, you know, but just all these yeah, things. Yeah, so the, the world uses these these things which we hold dear and, and manipulates them and tries to, yeah, like you said, take yeah. advantage of them, and it's just pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, just even the fact that that Jesus Christ is a swear word. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's and an in acknowledgement. French, in French, like monstrance is a swear word. Right. I don't totally understand yeah, it. Yeah, right. Sacre bleu, tabernacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, those, those, those are actually worse than the F word yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And, and I think, for me, I think that shows that there's power in sure, it. Sure, sure. You know, like there's a, I mean, like, you know, I, I say this sometimes, like when I stub my toe, you know, nobody would ever stub their toe and go, oh, Bob. You know, because there's no power in the name of Bob, right? I'm going to for now on. Good, you yeah. do that. But they would stub their toe and say, Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like there's a sense that there's a there's a power in that name. Now, it's being used wrongly. I mean, mm-hmm. this is why one of the commandments is don't take the name of the Lord in vain. In fact, um, there was a movie, gosh, it was with Brendan Fraser. It was about a guy who time traveled or something like that. And he was at a thing and this guy was like spouting one vulgarity after another after another after another and then he said then he took god's name in vain and fraser like grabbed him and he said don't take god's name in vain and the guy was like what you know he was just saying all these other swearers but there actually is a case that at least in terms of faith i mean we shouldn't you know we want we want our speech to be clean but um like taking god's name in vain is way worse than any of those yeah, other things because yeah, yeah. there's a power in that name. And I think in some ways, whether it's priest burger, I mean, you could burgatory. I know you sure, like those sure, burgers. Sure. But there's almost like a sense of there's something powerful in this and we're going to use this well, yeah, it evokes in a different way. It evokes something in us. Yeah, evokes yeah, something yeah, in us. Yeah, That's a great way to say yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, It's just, yeah, with everything going on right now, yeah. I mean, again, so I was down in Tampa and everything is... Right. I'm just... I, had a, I have a friend of mine who's a black friend of mine who's like, why can't we celebrate Black History Month like we celebrate yeah, Pride yeah, Month? Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, yeah. it does seem like it's a—it's just a over-the-top, yeah. you know, kind of thing. I guess we're speechless at it. I don't know. It's just, and the thing is, is to to say anything against it is, you know, again, they'll take that and you know, right? You, you and I were hateful and we're bigots right. and we're homophobic, and that's not it. It's just that we. we one of the things I read one time was it said. You know, how has it come that, that to accept a person, right, to be able to accept them and to now you have to wear this on your jersey or you're a bigot? You know, this, right. it, it's now being thrust upon us that we have to embrace it and we have to shop in Target and we have to support Target and we have to support. I mean, it's just. Right. It's and just then what does crazy. a Christian do? You know, like I think this is a perpetual challenge, I think, living in our culture. So I'm not a Dodgers fan. So I'm happy to boycott Dodgers baseball, <laughs> um, but boy, if this was if this was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would I'd have a really tough time with this, you know. And, I, and I, my heart goes out to Dodgers fans. Like you have generations of family members yeah. who love the Dodgers, and then just a few idiots working currently in the home office well, is making this happen. And, and it's like Starbucks. Like I've boycotted Starbucks ever since they've. Um, you know, come out so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but by the way, I don't like Starbucks. So it's a really easy boycott. Like it's easy to, it's easy to say, I'm not going to support that when I don't support it. It hits a little closer to home. However, well, that's interesting. Yeah. When, because when I you knew, love it or when, you, you get something out of it. When I was in, maybe like for me, Disney, like when, I have a tough time boycotting yeah, yeah, Disney. Yeah. When I was in Denver, I, I wanted to pick up a hat, you okay. know, a Nuggets hat because they've been my favorite team since I was a child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Since I told you they made the finals. Well, so this one store is they wanted like forty two dollars for a hat. And I'm not gonna buy for it. So there's a target right, right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I gonna go to Target? Because 
and I, I ended up not doing it for other reasons. But the, the thing about this, and I really wrestle with this because there is not, I, my suspicion is that there is not a significant thing that we buy that if we were to look into yeah. it, they support, they support something that we don't agree right. with. You know, right. uh, I'm the same way. I, actually, some Starbucks stuff I like. Most of the stuff I don't. But when they came out and they said part of our mission is yes. to embrace this. And they haven't said, changed that. They are the, they're one of the strongest <clears throat> mission-oriented pro In my LGBTQ perspective is, groups. great, you have the right to do that. Yep. And I have the right not to ever shop there, which I don't. And that's fine. But but you do get into this, well, it's inconsistent. You you won't shop at Starbucks, but you'll you, the, the car I drive is a Ford. You know, does Ford support? Right, of course right, it is. Right, so right. It's really it's, hard. It's, it's, it's really, it's really complicated. It's very difficult to live <clears throat> in this world where everything's kind of mixed up with And things. that's where if, if you do find, well, first off, I, I'm more inclined to shop local. But if you find a person or a company that's trying to do it right, you try You're to support, support them. them. Yeah, yeah. Support absolutely. Them, so. That's cool. So the name of this podcast is They That Hope. Other podcasts might go down the line of cynicism and anger. And uh, what do we have to say about this? Like, how do we... The victory's been won. Okay. You know, and that's just it, is is that ultimately we... And, and this is where, again, you and I are going to be judged, but... I, I don't have I don't have this hatred towards the individuals or the people. Mm-hmm. I have some frustration with them because, but th- that's just it is is to hope, uh, to pray, to be charitable, to be loving, to yeah. be kind, to watch the words we use, to watch the humor that we use because sometimes it's so negative towards yeah. uh, other populations. And I think that's what we w- what we can do. The gospel today was the Beatitudes. Blessed are you if it you're was. persecuted for doing it was, what is right. And I like those Beatitudes. <laughs> But 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 did you preach this morning? I did not. It's no. always hard to preach on the Beatitudes because it, actually there's a great story of a priest friend of mine who uh, went into the homiletics class and all he did was um, do the Beatitudes. Okay. Because he said, and the and the professor said, okay, that was good once, but that's all he did. It's like, I mean, how do you add to that? Yeah. It's like you know. Yeah, so. it's, it's the fullness anyway, of it. Anyway, that's I good. would say you know my hopeful take from all this and. Um, this might sound a little strange, and I, maybe we're maybe it's quasi hypocritical because we brought it up on the show. I think things aren't as bad at times as the media portrays them to be. You know, I mean, even the fact that we're talking about these stories is because there's an inflammatory nature to it, yeah. and it can make us almost feel like, you know, we're the one percent and the rest is the ninety nine percent. Whereas um, the the country is divided, but it's not a landslide one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think we can have hope in that. I believe that we can retain our Christian identity as a culture. I actually think one of the ways to do that, and I've talked about this on the show before, is that if we could be more ecumenical in our country, if we could gather more with brothers and sisters of Christ in other in other groups, there's theological things that we disagree on, but like in terms of you know, we all pray the Apostles' Creed together, mm-hmm. and our morality sense is is really strong with that. And we've also found, even in the pro-life movement, connecting with Mormons and connecting with other groups that that have value. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say that we can, you know, we can hear these stories and we can think the battle is lost. And I think that's always, isn't that always the message of the devil? Sure, sure, sure. The battle is lost. It's not worth it. Um, whereas the reality is... Um, we're not alone. You are not alone. You might feel that way. You might be in a particularly, you know, stringent environment in your work place, in you know, whatever state you live in, whatever you are. And we hope hearing this podcast, you know, you might be listening to it because you're like, I would just like to hear some hope. I'd like to hear yeah. some other people say that the battle isn't over. Yep. Christ has won the victory. Yep. 
And he's going to keep doing that. And I'll just throw this in. And and we had a conference this weekend and I gave a conference on prayer and um, a workshop on prayer. And that's why it's important that we pray. Like I I shared that going through COVID was just craziness. It was just a crazy time with, it was just so stressful and all that. And, and somebody asked me, how is it that I kind of made it through? And I said, I prayed. Yeah. And that's it. There's no way, there's no way I'm going to be calm and peaceful in the midst of all that. If I'm not praying, so mm. it's the same thing with this. It, to think that we're going to be able to do this with charity, with class and dignity, we got to be able to pray. Yeah, praise God. Yep, and yep. you know, just to full circle it, that's awesome that they had a Eucharistic procession at Dodgers. Yeah, Stadium. isn't that cool? That won't get the news. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's not going to get the news yeah. because that's that's kind of, like sadly we don't have good news yeah. that's out there. Do you remember during COVID, John uh, was it yeah, John yeah, Kaczynski? Yeah, 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 he did yeah, some yeah. good news. Yeah. We could use that again. Sure, could use a little good news today. What was that? I don't know some song. Let's do another promo, and this is of not even a Franciscan alum, a current student of yeah, ours. This is so cool. Uh, Maggie Pepiot? Okay. Well, I don't know. I just know her name is Maggie. Okay, so, well, yeah. she's absolutely wonderful. She's a rising senior majoring in theology at Franciscan. Oh, and a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you, Maggie. Yep. Um, she launched a book called The Gospel with Sacred Art. Yep. And um, it's a beautiful book. Have you seen this book? I have, actually. So I'm in my office, and Maggie, and I think maybe her dad, uh, they they go out, and I see that they're kind of in their waiting area. And Tanya, who works in our office, says, you know, Father, somebody wants to say hi to you or something like that. I said, fine. So Maggie comes in with this book, and it's just a beautiful book. And she goes, "Uh, during COVID, I just got more interested in art and and creating this beauty of art and the gospel. So she creates this book, and... She looked for somebody to publish it, and nobody was going to publish it. So she said, okay, I'll start my own company, and I'll do it myself. <laughs> this is a gal. She was, at the time, I think she was a sophomore, and yeah. it's gorgeous. The book is beautiful. The art is beautiful. And I was just so proud of her in, yeah. in, in her, her initiative, but also her desire to try to be able to present the gospel through beauty. So it's great. Amen. Where so, you go, Maggie? Uh, you can check out her website, seekwhatisabove.com. Seekwhatisabove.com. No spaces, no dashes, just seekwhatisabove.com, and you'll be able to see more about the book and buy it and talking about spending money on people and things that go 100% to people that are trying to do something great in the world. This is a great example. So if you can support her, it'd make a nice Father's Day gift. Oh, that's right. That's right. Father's Day is coming up this weekend. It is. It is. Yeah. We should say something about that. Father's Day is coming up this weekend. Hey, we just did that. Actually, I thought it was last Sunday or yesterday, so it was a little bit mixed up. Um, what were we going to say about that? Oh, and the it was funny, and I'm sure you – well, let's – good segue. We had a conference this weekend. Yeah, it was yeah. our first conference. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was but such, a number of people so that great. come up and said, oh, we love the podcast. Oh, I'd love to see you guys. And then and then somebody say, oh, you, you used my name or you told my story, <laughs> and they get all psyched. So you know who you are, especially yes. one particular person. So yes. It was great. It was great. You had a good conference? Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, I got to play with the band um, – you know, there's just something about being a musician playing with a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like nothing like it. And I am surrounded by exceptional musicians. I have the Brewer sisters, uh, you know, Mary on piano, piano Anna singing. Um, Andre Villeneuve comes in. Uh, I love he's, the fact that he comes in every year. He, every year. He's, I've been doing this, I guess this is my 19th summer, and I've done all 19 with him. He plays sax and flute. He's incredible. Uh, Tim Hepburn on drums, uh, Dan Bozek on bass, John Paul Von Arks on guitar. And like, it's such a cool feeling to know you're crushing it. Yeah. You know, like there's a synergy about music where you at one level realize I'm not doing anything and then you're doing everything. You're just, 
the band is ripping and well, music people just, are just loving it and yeah. it's just and so it, and cool. It, and that's just it. When when you're when you guys are on, like in, in I've said this many times and, and I said at conferences, that what the music ministry does is is it they become this vehicle that bring us into the presence of God, you know? Mm. And that's where I in in I'm gonna tread this very lightly. Okay. <laughs> I know that this is a <laughs> difficult topic for some people but um there are some people if you use the word praise and worship they just turn you off it's it's like oh that's progressive that's whatever whatever language you use and and i wished at times they would just give it a shot i mean some Mm. of the some of the music that you guys do it's just beautiful yeah it just is and and in the same way you know some of the chants that were uh, you know 500 years old or beautiful but they were new at their time right they were still beautiful and and some of the stuff, I, again, not everything. I, I'm not every praise and worship. I don't believe that. I think right. some of the praise and worships are not actually not appropriate for liturgy. Yeah. All, all these kinds of things. Okay, that's fine and fair. But to say that all of them, and it's just some of the stuff you do, if if you just let you guys minister to you, it really does usher you in and opens your heart and allows you to receive and allows you to give worship to the Lord. And this, there's this symbiotic that, that we give ourselves to the Lord and we experience him through the music that you guys do. So, um, it was really And I beautiful. think it's worth separating, and you did this, Father, but I, I try to do this with my students. You know, I teach a whole class on music ministry, and I talk about there's liturgical worship and there's non-liturgical praise and worship, and they're, yeah. and they're very different. Yeah. And I think sometimes they can get merged. Yeah. And so somebody might be listening praise and worship and they go rock mass. Right, right, right. You, you right. know, right, which is, of course, thinking the word, you know, the most extreme example of the other and trying to make it the norm, which sometimes we can do and we're divided on things. But many Catholics, and I think I talked to a number of those that came to the conference for the first time this weekend, they're not actually used to worshiping outside of mass. Right, and, right, and right. So that, That's absolutely right. And so that whole experience is very different for them and, and beautiful for them. It, you know, like there's, I could actually appreciate someone that's just like, look, I don't, I don't like the drums at mass. And, and by the way, like at least for our conferences, we I think we just do opening and closing song with it. And mm-hmm. and the rest of it we I think is very peaceful and acoustic and harmonies and we just try to make it very beautiful because we want the mass the mass should be different from a praise and worship session mm-hmm. that we're doing. But that being said, enter into that praise and worship session differently yeah. because it's a different experience of God's love and and you're right, I think just being open to that. Um I, a number of people came that had never been to anything like this weekend and were really, really blessed it was by it, interesting. which was cool. The Baron Day last week, we had a holy hour, and there was an individual, he and his wife, who came up to me, and and they asked me, they knew that I was, it was announced that I was going to lead the holy hour, and they said, um, what are we going to do at a holy hour? And I said, I'm, I, I was kind of taken aback. I'm, I'm sorry. And they said, well, we've never been a part yeah. of a holy hour before. And and they, they couldn't quite grasp that we're not having mass. Right. Right, so the sense of worship that... That they have so totally associated worship with mass, yes, and worship, and that's one of the things that that I think some people are, are again highly critical of praise and worship, thinking, oh, it's just about me. No, 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 that's wrong. Right? Is that it, it moves in my heart that allows me to worship the Lord? Yeah. And so I just walked them through. I said, you know, it's a time of prayer. It's a time of being able to give God. You, I think, you use the definition that 
um, give God his due. What, what, yeah. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, yeah, worshiping is giving God his due. Worshiping, uh, my favorite way of thinking of it that somebody once explained is that worship is actually a response. Yeah. You know, like when you're at a sporting event or something else, nobody tells you to respond. If something good happens, you just respond. And that's the idea of worship is that God's done something amazing and we give him worth for yeah, what yeah. he's done and what he's doing in our lives. And, um, yeah, you know, you know, we talk about the the high point of worship is the Eucharist, is the liturgy, it's the source and summit. But sometimes I feel like we have a very small mountain as, mm-hmm. as Catholics. Mm-hmm. Like we have a source. It's it, you know, the source and summit is beautiful if it's a big mountain. If all you have is a source and summit, sometimes you don't appreciate other things. Yeah. And so, I would hope that you know our forty minutes of praise and worship that we do on a Friday night and all these things really add to culminating in that Sunday liturgy, that now this is true, you know, the the words that are spoken, the music that's sung, now I can enter in more fully into the Mass because I know more about who Jesus is in the Eucharist that I'm receiving. Yeah, and I think a part of it is actually familiarity is, and this sounds weird, but when my when my eyes see somebody that's familiar, okay, I, rem- I know who it is, or even if that, if I see somebody that says, you look like somebody, yeah. Well, that's what I want my heart to do, right? Is that my heart, oh, I know this is familiar. This is worship, right? This is worship. So when I experience that familiarity in, in the way you lead on a Friday night, um, and then I say it's familiar again in the Eucharist, or it's familiar again, honestly, in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. So it's this yeah. this this heart of ours, each one of our heart was created for worship, and it's when we see it, when we experience it, we say, okay, this is familiar. This yeah. is me presenting myself and my heart to the Lord. And and I think we should try to be able to encounter that. It was funny. Somebody came up to me, and um, is this often the case? Some of their kids have left the church. Yeah. And, and that's... But they Heartbreaking. Said, yeah, it is. It is. But they said that their their children left the church, but they're in, in an evangelical, love the Lord. And, and mm. so... And I said, give them time. You know, we'll pray that they'll come back. Yeah. But one of the things that they said is they said, we went to uh, their worship service, their, their mass. And I said, it's not the mass. So we, just, <laughs> right. we just gave a little bit of an, language, an explanation. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and she said, I feel guilty, but there was something beautiful about it. I said, don't feel guilty about that. Right. You know, yeah. Th- that there is, some, there is something beautiful. It's not in its fullness, but there is right. something beautiful. Well, and that, the Holy so. Spirit's present there. Yeah, you know, yeah, I remember yeah. somebody said, I thought this was great, that the Holy Spirit is a lot less discerning about who he hangs out with than we are. And, yeah, um, that right. you know, that's not to say that, you know, the Lord wants them out of the Catholic Church at all, but to acknowledge that the Spirit's doing something there. And, um, and again, that kind of goes back to an ecumenism. Like, if we can acknowledge that we are, we have the creed and we're praying together, that's a... I think that's the beginning of unity and, and leaning into that. But that's tragic. I think anytime, anytime you hear somebody leaving the Catholic Church, your heart breaks a little bit. Sure, because sure. as Catholics, we would say that we are the fullness of sure. the faith. We have the fullness of sacramental life, apostolic succession, tradition, all of those things. And our brothers and sisters in different faith denominations have part of it. They have scripture or they sure, have sure. you know things, things that are present. But... Um, it is hard because sometimes you see people doing less with more, <laughs> or yeah, more yeah. with less, rather. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in that in that context, and so. Uh, but yeah. I like that message of. I'd rather have it. I you know, so far my kids are all pretty young, and I pray for them all the time, and I pray they would stay in the church. I was so glad. I shared last time about you know my uh, son and now my new daughter-in-law. You know, uh, getting uh, pregnant outside of marriage and, and getting married in the Catholic Church and. 
it was a difficult situation, but I kept telling myself, but they love the Lord and mm-hmm. they want to get married in the Catholic Church and they love the Eucharist and of a, yeah. of a bad situation, it's a it's a good it, it's a better situation than if they would have said, and we're leaving the church. And right, right, and right. I know people that do that. And I keep praying for all my kids, uh, you know, that they would be able to stay in the church and the faith. I think if they ended up saying you know, I'm going to a, a Christian church or something. I would, I would be very saddened, but I would still be glad they had some semblance of the okay, faith. Yeah. And like you said, I would, I would hold on to the hope. I'd say, mm-hmm. okay, okay, you're still holding on to the Lord. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you sincerely seek the truth, and we hear this many times with people who come into the Catholic faith, Amen. The Lord can bring you, can the Lord can bring you here, and that's our desire. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, so I don't know what we're going to do the next couple of weeks, so we got to figure it out. So, folks, I'm going to be going to Rome and Assisi uh, oh, for a couple exciting. of days. I leave on Friday. Is this for um, your own personal? No, this is not. Okay. There is uh, the university is working, actually collaborating with uh, the Dominican Sisters out of Nashville, and we're doing a pilgrimage to Rome and Assisi on just kind of uh, the saints and uh, education. Most of the people that are with us are going to be educators and how we can use some of the saints in our educational systems. Wow. So I'll be there for a couple of days, and then I'm going to be meeting up with a group in Scotland, and we're going to Scotland. do a, a, a tour of Scotland and a pilgrimage with mass and talks and stuff in Scotland. So I, we, we, you and I offline are going to have to figure out how we're going to do podcasts, but just let everyone know uh, that they're my prayers, and I'll pray for them when we go to Rome and Assisi and the holy places in Scotland. And we'll be praying for you. Thanks, man. Amen. Lord, we ask you to pour out your blessings upon uh, our country, that we would be rooted in what is good, holy, and beautiful. Bless our listeners that they know your peace. May the Lord bless them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave. Thanks, and thank you, all of you, especially those of you that we got to see this weekend at Power and Purpose Conference. I uh, hope to see you at another conference this summer. Send us an email at hope at franciscan.u. That's hope at franciscan.u. E-D-U. You and me, we come from <laughs> different worlds. <laughs> Dolphins make me cry. <laughs>